Welcome to Rhema for Today. What does the Word say? I was sitting there thinking about what the Word of God said. And the Word of God contradicted his opinion, but he gave his opinion. And then finally, on his third thought, he said, Now let me tell you what I think about this. And he presented his theory. Well, a theory, now you won't find this definition in the dictionary, but it's a good one anyway. A theory is a supposition established upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. <laughs> Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Well, I just might as well quit. I've had people to say to me, I've sinned. God don't love me anymore. Well, he, he's not encouraging you to sin, but he loves you, not because of it, but in spite of your failure. I mean, he must love you because he made provision for you. Praise God to get back into fellowship you see, sin breaks fellowship. And he made provision for you. Thank God for the word. You know it as well as I do. Turn with me to 1 John. The first epistle of John. The very first chapter. John is not writing a letter to sinners. He's not writing a letter to the world. He's writing this letter to believers the first verse of the second chapter, he said, My little children. Hallelujah. I want you to notice something here in this first chapter. Let's start reading with the third verse. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship. Now, I want you to count the word fellowship. See how many times he mentions it. That ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. These things write we unto you that your joy may be full. What thing? Well, what he's just got through saying, what he's about to say. These things we write to you that your joy may be full. Now, let's go on reading. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship, that's the third time he's mentioned it, fellowship, with him and walk in darkness, though he isn't writing to sinners, he's writing to Christians. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship. That's the fourth time he's mentioned it. Fellowship, one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, don't take that text out of its setting. That's where we missed it. Don't take the eighth verse out of its setting and try to apply it to everybody. Are you listening to me? Because that isn't true. He's saying this, that person that's out of fellowship and in darkness, 
that person, you see, that's in darkness, out of fellowship, if you say that you haven't sinned, then you deceive yourself and his truth's not in us, in you. That's the thing that caused you to get out of fellowship. That's the thing that caused you to get into darkness was sin and wrongdoing. But are you going to stay there? No, thank God. Here's the way out. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word's not in us. Now again, do not take that 10th verse out of its setting and try to apply it to everybody. That verse doesn't apply to the person that's walking in the light and has not sinned. It's talking about the fact if you're out of fellowship and in darkness, and if you say you haven't sinned, you make him a liar and his word's not in you. Sin puts the light out. Amen. But thank God we don't have to stay there. I said we don't have to stay there. We can know God's word and act upon it. Be a doer of the word. Now, do you wear your shouting clothes tonight? John did not write this letter in chapter and verses. You know that, don't you? He wrote a letter. Man divided it into chapter and verses. As we go on into the second chapter, the first few verses, he's still talking about the same thing he was talking about in this first chapter. My little children, these things write unto you. What thing? What he said in the first chapter that he just got through writing. These things write unto you that you sin not. No, God doesn't want us to sin. And if any man sin, but thank God there's help for us if we do. Aren't you glad? Amen. I said, aren't you glad? Amen. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. An advocate means a lawyer or one who pleads our case. Oh, glory to God. These things are right on you that your joy may be full. Otherwise, you'd think I've failed, I've sinned, I'm out of it. But oh, thank God, I have an advocate. I have a lawyer. I've got one. Jesus Christ, the righteous. See, if I sinned, I lost my sense of righteousness. And I feel bad about it. I can't go into his presence. But I can say, Father, forgive me in Jesus' name. And Jesus goes into the presence of the Father. Hallelujah. Because he's Jesus Christ the righteous and pleads my case. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, uh, I heard of this fellow, what, what's his name from Guyana that's full gospel businessman now. He got saved one time when they had a full gospel businessman meeting down there in that part of his country. But that fellow had, I forgot how many, 143? How many? 243 murders that he defended never lost a case, one every one of them. But I got one that beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, 
glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's never lost a case. Hallelujah. Now, now why? Now notice that second verse. Like I said, did you wear your shouting clothes? And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Notice you differentiate between the sins of the Christian and the sins of the world. He's a propitiation for our sins. Now you see, you preach this. This is in the Bible, but some folks don't like you to preach it because even if it is in the Bible. Through the years I've preached, I've had people say, Brother Hagin, you ought to preach. I said, why? You oughtn't to preach the Bible? No, no. I, you, you're liable to give people a license to sin. I said, well, I know. No, you just give them a license. Most of them do enough sin without any license. <laughs> amen. I said, amen. amen. Thank God for knowing the Word. But it's in it no wonder to me that Christians sometimes are all mixed up. Preachers are all mixed up. I know I was uh, holding a revival a number of years ago, as we, as we call, used to call them, you know, actually a crusade, the church, larger city. I, I was running two services a day, 10 o'clock in the morning, 7.30 at night. We took Saturday off. Saturday was an off day. Children were smaller. They were at home. My wife was with them. They were in school. The pastor said, uh, Brother Hagin said, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe you just like to spend the night off but, but on Saturday night, but said, uh, my wife and I are driving out here to suburban town. Brother so-and-so is holding a revival meeting out there, and we're going out there and visit this Saturday night service. Would you like to come go along with us? Well, being, you know, by myself, I was lonesome. I said, sure, I'd like to. Yeah, yeah, I know him. I will just, I'll, I'll go with you. So we went out, visited the meeting. This is the third week of their meeting, the first week of ours. We were in the main city. They were out in the suburban. Well, further away, you know, than even Broken Arrow is from Tulsa, way on out. And so, uh, uh, you know, they, the pastor, of course, acknowledged that we were there and had us to say a word, and we just greeted the people, so on. And finally, the minister got up to preach. I don't misunderstand it at all because I'm not, I don't mean this to be destructive criticism. I mean it to be constructive. And it's not hurting anybody because no names are mentioned. You don't know anybody. But, uh, but, but this man got up to preach. And, and, and I, I loved him. Still do it. Appreciated him all right. But, but I, I didn't know. I just didn't know that you could go to church and sit there and hurt in so many different places. Now, first of all, he took a text from the Old Testament. Uh, well, that's all right if it fits in with the new. But there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that don't fit in with the new or don't even apply to us under the new. A lot of it does. Some of it does. Don't misunderstand it. But he happened to get some scripture that no more applied to us than it did to man on the moon. And I wondered, what in the world is he reading that scripture for? And then he began his discourse. He had three points. And he spent 15 minutes on the very first thought. He said, now let me tell you how I've got this figured out. And he proceeded to tell us how he had it figured out. Missed the Bible a mile. And on the second thought, he said, now, when he gave his second thought, now let me give you my opinion on this. Well, I could care less what his opinion is. What does the word say? 
I was sitting there thinking about what the Word of God said. And the Word of God contradicted his opinion, but he gave his opinion. And then finally, on his third thought, he said, now let me tell you what I think about this. And he presented his theory. Well, a theory, now you won't find this definition in the dictionary, but it's a good one anyway. A theory is a supposition established upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. <laughs> and I thought to myself, dear Lord, dear Lord, dear Lord. Oh, dear God. Well, finally then he gave an invitation. He had some singers with him who could sing beautifully. They began to sing an invitation number. He said, now this is the third week we're going to close tomorrow night. There'd been three weeks. Nobody's been saved. I could understand why. <laughs> but now he said, uh, come on. We're going to have them sing another verse. said, you can't never tell. This might be your night. Well, I thought about what the Bible said. Today is the day of salvation. This is your night. Come on. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagin Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagin. Well, honey, in November, uh, call to arms your men's conference. Oh, yes. November 5 and 6. You can go online and register at rhema.org slash CTA. Monday, Kenneth E. Hagan will continue this powerful teaching. That's next week on Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Have a great weekend.